you know how when you put blankets in a closet, if you don't like fold them up, you just kind of stuff them in there. You can only get so many in there and it starts to like fall out and you open it up and it just all topples down on you. That's, that's how it feels. Um, and what therapy was able to do. And this is what she told me. She was like, my job is to help you just fold them up and put them back in there so that it don't topple out over on you when you open the door. That's what it's about. It's not about getting rid of them or anything like that. It's being able to actually live through your experiences, what you're doing, what you're having, what you're what you're dealing with right now. What's up? What's up? What's up? Once again, it's your favorite podcast, Three Brothers No Sense. I am Tavares Ferguson. Join my co-host, Rizy and Buff. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind. Um, <clears throat> I just want to talk to white people for a second, if I can. <laughs> <laughs> if that's okay. Um, white people, if you're listening, you know, we just let's just have a talk real quick. Listen, you don't have to fight every uh, racial thing, racial thing that we bring up. So when we say, "Hey," Julia Roberts has no business playing Harriet Tubman. You don't have to clap back with, well, isn't a black girl playing Ariel? Like, stop and think how much sense that makes. You're talking about a fictional character versus a civil rights, not civil rights, but a slave abolitionist. So, I mean, she's a heroic figure. She's a true figure. Don't compare her to Ariel on Disney. That's that's all I wanted to say. You don't have to fight every battle. Let us have that one. I think every time they have that argument, I feel like they do compare him to a fictional character. Yeah, like like I like, I, li- I literally heard that that argument. No, I've heard that too. But I'm like, when I think about it, it's always a fictional character. Yeah, Black Spider Man, female <laughs> Thor. Like it's always something. It's never like Double O Seven. Well, Double O Seven. Well, they got a black man playing George Washington. Like it's never. <laughs> that it's always some fictional character that they use as their template or basis of their argument. Good point, Buff. Duly noted. I appreciate it. Go ahead, Rising. I just had to get that out the way. Um, I just wanted to throw a little bit of pop culture out there for everybody. Um, if anybody knows the the movie Blade Runner, as of this coming Wednesday. Blade Runner will no longer be set in the future. Uh, Blade Runner came out in the 80s and they set it in 2019. Uh, and it was supposed to be one of those post- post-apocalyptic type things. Um, it's just kind of weird that, you know, what they thought, all these movies that they made back then, what they thought were the future, we're, we're kind of in it right now. Yeah. So I just f- figured that was kind of cool for us to actually be living all of these future tenses uh, from all these movies. Uh, we don't have ray guns and, you know, stuff like that yet. So we need to get some ray guns. Well, it's funny that you say that because my thing is, I forgot what made me think of this. I don't know if it was a dream or something. When I think about fantasy stories that are set either in the past or the future, there are no black people, or at least the black people. <laughs> are think about a fictional, like, the Lord of the Rings, no black people. Think about Star Wars. Star Wars has very, they they are probably the only franchise that has, but that's still a long time. That's the future past. Is that kind of? 
yeah, Star Wars is. Like that. But but the thing about it is like the black people are never that important until I guess recently with um the dude that was a drone. You know what I'm talking about, the the clone. Rise it, I need you. The the not the rogue one series, but um You talking about the, the Mandalorian? You're talking no, about Mandalorian is, no, 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 no. Mandalorian is dope, so Oh I man, I don't have Disney Plus yet, so I, I need Bruh, to get you don't have Verizon? Just do the free trial. I don't have Dude. Verizon, I have AT&T. Bruh, you've messed up. Haley got Verizon. Somebody got Verizon? <laughs> Haley got Verizon and ain't did it yet. I told her she need to give it to me when uh when she gets a login. Yeah, bro, <laughs> you need to make that happen, man. The Mandalorian is going on. Going on. But the thing about it is like, man, there's no black representation. And maybe that's to your point, Byron. You know, we want representation or they want representation. But it's like, I'm thinking of all these stores like uh, Lord of the Rings, anything like that. Well, you, you, also people, have, you also have to think about when they were made, though. Uh, so whitewashing was very, very like they're remaking everything back then. So as they're making them now, what we're seeing is they're putting black characters in those types of things. You know the the Game of Thrones, right? They had black people. It was just they were minding they, their dang on business, and they was like, they I ain't all, in all that. They, they were all slaves. White, white people. They were all <laughs> they were all slaves. No, no. Free. Like a lot of them were slaves, but all of them weren't slaves. I mean, Quarth in general was a black area or a Middle Eastern area, if you really kind of think through it. Uh, but there were people of color. They just were on the different continents doing their thing. Um, you know, whatever. Marine was basically Egypt. And so the, the Egyptians, the slave owners were essentially black. I know they cast a lot of them as white, uh, but that in the book, they would have been black people. Uh, you oh. you saw that in what was it? Um, exactly, but, but it's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the character I was talking about was Finn too. Oh, Finn! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Finn. He's like, not a clone. He I, he was one of the clones. No, he was a stormtrooper. That, that, I thought, thought stormtroopers stormtrooper were clones. Stormtroopers were clones during the Clone Wars, like the initial part. But as all the clones started dying out, then normal people started becoming stormtroopers. So as this you is, get into as you get into like this nerd talk. stuff, yeah, yeah, <laughs> super nerd talk. As you get into like recent Star Wars stuff, those those we got time for uh, and let's pay some bills. Welcome back. We still over here laughing. Um, <laughs> once again, my favorite time of the show. Three brothers, no sense gets to ask questions. Let me see where do I want to begin. Okay, I guess this is um, not even an easy question, but I mean, I think it's 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 appropriate for the season. So, when you guys listen to this show, it will be Thanksgiving week. And well, hopefully, it'll be Thanksgiving week, and so. I want to ask you guys, name the one or two or you know, one or two things that you're most thankful for. I know it's cliche, but huh. no, I, we talk a lot of noise. And but I think sometimes we really just have to go back and um, give thanks. Um, I'm definitely thankful for I guess my answers are going to be cliche. I'm definitely thankful for my family. And I'll elaborate on that because. Man, as we mentioned time to time on this show, life is tough. Life can be difficult. Life can beat you down. And so during those moments when life is beating you down, 
tough day at work or whatever the case may be, it's good to come home to people that actually love you. And it, it helps. Like if I have a tough day at work, I have a fairly long commute. I have time to think about it, come home and, you know, have a daughter that runs to you saying, daddy, well, she used to, she looked too cool for that now. But when she did run to me, you know, or, you know, my wife will greet me. So that's, that's very important to have, man. And you, you see a lot of times when people are depressed, it's not the only reason, but a lot of times they just feel like they don't have anyone that, that loves or care about them. So having family is important. That's one thing I'm thankful for. And not to sound like a company, man, but my job, man, like I actually have a job that I like. It's not perfect. I do have my complaints here and there about it. But I remember praying for this job, man. Like um, I just the the, the salary that it was going to pay me and stuff, you know, it really uh, helped me out a lot. Like 10, 15 years ago, the things that me and my family have accomplished financially, I never would have dreamed of it, and I owe a lot of it to my job. And I enjoy politics, and my job is centered around that. So it's like a win-win for me. So I know a lot of people hate their jobs and can't stand going to work. But for me, you know, other than having to wake up early and fight traffic sometimes, I genuinely like my job, and that's not something a lot of people can say. So you like being a police? Oh, here we go. (laughs) You know what? I'm glad you said that. Listen. These two ninjas have mentioned me being the police several times. <laughs> I'm not like one of the police that you see on TV that's kicking in doors. Your special and, police. And harassing people. I'm pretty much protecting members of Congress and the staff and all that. So I'm not that kind of police. So I barely but, even call myself police. I'm not even police to me. I'm not police. For how long before you write? Until, until, until he gets the police perk. <laughs> I don't need to flash that badge. Got yourself out of a couple of tickets and all that stuff. I have never done such a thing, sir. Okay, now we lie on the show. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but that, that's that's good, man. I'm proud of you. I love I love the job. I mean, I, hell, I thought about that job a few years ago um, when you presented that. it to me. So it's definitely been a great opportunity. I'm proud of you and everything you've accomplished, even though you're the police. Um, uh, well, and you know, keep it going. <laughs> no, no. Rise is on you. Uh, it's hard to, hard to follow behind that. Um, definitely family, not just my immediate family, my wife, kids, that type of thing. Uh, of course, my parents, uh, I I've said it a couple of times, Jenica, I'm so thankful for her. She she gets me out of my funks when I'm I'm down. Um, I, I say it a couple times. I've said it a couple times before. You know, she saved my life when I got back from Iraq and and just kind of made me get back out there and made me actually like inter- be with people uh, and interact with people. So uh, so so thankful for her every day, even though she gets on my nerves and and you know want to fight us sometimes um just yesterday she was just walking around just had a bad attitude i don't know what was happening um but even with that we laid down in the bed and she just cuddled up under me and it was it was cool uh you know so were you the big spoon or little spoon i I was the big spoon I just, but, I don't know. I, I, I just picture. I just picture the difference. So being the little spoon every now and again is not a bad thing, gentlemen. Nah, bro. I ref, uh, I ref, maybe that's my toxic masculinity kicking in. <laughs> I do not like being a little spoon. 
Byron, you're a little spooner. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> Man, it be getting hot sometimes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you are a man. You're not meant to be the little spoon. <laughs> exactly. That's man law. <laughs> That's part of man law. That's cool. That's part cool. Of man I, law. I, I, I don't do that often. He's taller than him, so maybe it makes sense. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> nah, nah. It still don't make sense. It still no, feels weird if she tries to do it. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, we gonna move over. We gonna. I do have a homeboy that, and he's actually a pretty big fella, and he he loves being a little spoon. <laughs> like that dude swear. Like every time he brought a new chick, like like. So have you taught told about the little spoon? Um. Yeah, I don't. I broke it to her. She didn't agree with it, but she gave in. Like he just likes to be helped. I might do. Maybe if you could phrase it differently, man. No, like, man. No, dude, definitely is the little spoon. <laughs> I remember uh, last she he, she he dated. We had a long conversation about it, and she kept calling him the little spoon. <laughs> so so uh, not laying down, but are you cool with your wife like coming behind you and giving you a hug from the behind? type thing kind of clinging to you or is that still kind of a little bit too over the line i mean i'm not opposed to it but you know i'm not an overly affectionate person so i need to see it coming like i don't like to be caught off guard i'm trying to think i'm already trying i don't know if it ever does that but i i am affectionate so i like the hugs and all that stuff man oh i didn't need the all sound effect i didn't need that (laughs) I didn't need that. Jenica's like super overfectionate, but but she's like, like kind of she's kind of thug with it. Like every once in a while, she'll like run up behind me and do like like the little dude humping motion on me. I'm like, why why are you doing that? You smack you on the ass too. <laughs> Damn it, Roger. No. <laughs> Roger gets smacked in the kitchen while he's cooking. <laughs> with an apron on. People, if you saw this right now, and this is my boy. We're having this conversation while he's in his wife's uh, sewing room with pink headphones with uh, fairy ears on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're cat ears. They're cat, cat ears. My bad. Raja, I need you to get some Metallica, Death Row, Beats by Drake, something next week just to... Hey, hey, y'all can always uh, send me out some for uh, Christmas. It's a, that'd be a nice Three Brothers Christmas present. Um, but for right now, I just grab whatever headphones are, are laying around. And so today, uh, I, I just, I'm rocking Sophie's nice little uh, Hello Kitty uh, headphones. They work really, really well. Oh, my so, bad. I but anyway, anyway, back, yeah. Thankful yeah. Jenica being a little spoon. Yeah, no, not not little spoon. But I, I do love Jenica. But um, my other one that I'm really, really thankful for this year and probably last year is, is truthfully my therapist. Mm. It, it's... I, I really, really, really got into a funk last year. Um, and so I, I needed, I, I needed some help. So I, I had to go, I went and saw a therapist and, uh, a lot of, she got me to deal with a lot of the things, uh, that from the war and everything else. I, I I'm op- pretty open about my PTSD and everything like that. So if you guys don't know, I've been diagnosed with PTSD. And so, uh, with that comes all the other stuff that comes along with PTSD, depression, sometimes anxiety, all that. And so just dealing with it and being able to talk to somebody and, and, and walk through that, man. So she's been there for me. So I appreciate that. Miss Sayer, if you're listening or if you don't listen, um, shout out to you. You you got me through it and, and you're still helping me out. So I appreciate it. Byron, have you ever been to therapy? I haven't. Okay. And I'm glad you mentioned that. It's something that I have on my agenda 
for next year. There's no reason I'm putting it off. Uh, I got a lot of things on my agenda for the next uh, 12 months that I need to accomplish. I'll turn 40 next year. So therapist is one mentor and I have been seeking and I think I found a mentor. So just following up on that. Hmm. Was that, um, that was it for you, Rosie? I didn't want to mean to cut you off. Yeah, I mean, you said too. Um, definitely thankful. I, I didn't get a chance to kind of brief you guys on the whole Alabama leadership initiative thing, but I am thankful for being chosen for that and being able to be around 30 like-minded individuals that want to advance just, if not Alabama, the country and the nation in general. Um, and so that's kind of good to be around them and and get that insight, their insights, uh, and really help society. So I'm thankful for being chosen for that and, and being able to um, just really contribute as much as I can. Okay. That's cool, man. Well, congratulations again. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. You know, I asked this question. I didn't have an answer. I do that a lot. So that's why he was stalling. No, 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 no. I'm a salesman. That's what I do for a living. But no, I think I, the consensus is family. First of all, I'm thankful for my family. And uh, and that's because my family, my immediate family, what's a media family now? It's like my mom and mom and dad are still my media family, not my media family, my kids. And I, I don't know how that works anymore once you start having your own family. Uh, I, I I think they're part of your immediate family. Not your, I, 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 yeah, they, they they still be part of the core core family. Okay, I don't know. I was just making. You know, I didn't think about it until I said it. But my immediate fam- my family, man. Um, and I think my family because my family for years has been my support system and my rock. And that's from my mom, my dad. And as I've grown in the last few years here in Houston, my sister and my stepmom and, you know, my my wife and kids and my brothers and sisters. Like, it's just they've always been there for me when I needed somebody to talk to and stuff like that. Or they always what's weird is my situation can be very. It could have been very messy growing up, but my family kind of taught me, even though I'm not a very emotional person. I think I'm still a very loving person. And my family taught me how to love throughout, through tough times, through tough situations. So it's it's funny. We posted a, a, a article or a picture about a week or so ago where it was a young lady supporting her boyfriend, husband. We don't know the, the context of it, where it was, I guess he had got somebody pregnant. And it's like, it's, hey, that's our kid. We're going to raise him. I'll help you raise him. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of controversy and it was kind of like black and white and all that stuff. Yeah. And I didn't realize until after I posted that picture that I was that baby. So little known fact that people don't know, like my mom was pregnant with me. My dad was married when my mom was pregnant. With me, He didn't know she was married. And so I was that baby uh, that they were talking about, you know, she didn't know he was married. Yeah, she didn't know he was married. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so he had a whole nother family, you know, over here and stuff like that. It's the 80s. You don't got no Facebook and none of that stuff. So didn't know he was married and how people were kind of coming down on that woman saying that, you know, she was, you know, stupid or, you know, all the all not all, but a lot of the responses were kind of cut and dry, even though this lady didn't help raise me. You know, the situation I was brought up in, it was never any drama on my part. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom. 
I never heard her say anything bad about my dad or my stepmom. I used to come to Houston all the time to visit my dad and uh, stepmom and sister uh, when I was a kid. And when I got in that house, that woman treated me like I was her child. You know, even my stepdad raised me as his own. And I never felt like the stepchild. I never felt like the other kid, you know, where I've seen a lot of people feel like they were guests in their own homes because of an outside situation. And I never felt that. And to this day, and I actually talked to my mom, my stepdad, like I talked to my family about how the dynamics of that, you know, it was just a few years ago. I I like to cook for Thanksgiving. So I hosted Thanksgiving at my house. My mom, my stepmom and my biological father were all having dinner under my roof. And they got along fine. Probably the person that felt the most uneasy about the situation was my stepdad, my my dad. But you know, he's 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 my dad, so you know, he's a whole other character. But it's crazy because fast forward to today, my stepmom plays such an important part of my life. I don't know where we would be without her. Like, I have a daughter and a son, and to my kids. That is their grandmother. No step, no, it's no half, it's nothing in it. That is their grandmother. My daughter, my daughter went over to my stepmom's house today, Granny. That's what she calls it, Granny's house today. And she stayed for two or three days and she came back. My daughter's gonna cry for at least 30 minutes at some point within the next 24 hours because she misses Granny. Like that's how much, you know, she steps, she'll stop by my house on a random Tuesday, Wednesday, like wanting to see my son. Like, I know my grandbaby misses me. I ain't seen him all all week. Like he's he's five months. Like I don't, I don't think that's really a thing, but that's the kind of love. And, you know, my family taught me how to love, you know, people, I've seen so many people who have issues with their parents, you know, or, you know, my dad wasn't there. Or my, my mom didn't do this for me or they kept each other. Like, so it's taught me not to hold grudges. Like, I don't think I have a, there's people that just kind of annoy me, but it's never that serious for me. I don't think I'm 38 years old. I have a, a single grudge with any person that I've ever come across. Like I might not rock with you for a sec, but it's never a long grudge. And so I, 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 I give that to my family. Like if you talk to my brothers and stuff like that, we're all kind of, we're supportive. We'll, you can ask our opinion. We'll tell you what we think and we support you whatever you do. Sisters mm-hmm. same way. Hey, you know, we'll tell you our thoughts. We'll support you in whatever you do. My mom, dad, same way. Like, Hey, and that's a, re- a very rare quality. I have two, two brothers and a younger sister with my mom and my sister. I don't think with all my siblings, and that's going to be a touchy situation when you start doing that black family sibling thing. I don't think I've had a, I've had a full blown out argument with any of my siblings in 38 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just been like that. And we love each other to death. So I say all that to say, I thank my family for always being there for me. The second part is my friends, you know, in the instances, my family wasn't able to help me when I shot away and I was, you know, coming up and I wanted to be grown or, you know, I, I took a step back from them. I will say I've I've been blessed with some of the greatest groups of friends that anybody can ask for, you know, from you guys to the friends I met at FAM from the, you know, the, the, since I've been here, the friends I met in Houston, you know, I, we created a whole other family here. And I like that's very rare, you know, uh, so when my family was my support system, my friends were my motivators. My friends were the people that kept me pushing me forward. Um, that inspired me to do more, you know, Rizy Buff to this day, you guys inspire me, you know, even the, the ability to have this show and talking, this is therapeutic for me and to challenge my thought process and stuff like that. 
you know, Rosie, we've been doing this for 20 something years. You know, the things you've done for me financially, you know, you called me on my BS multiple times. You call my, you didn't call me on my BS when you probably could have, because you knew it wouldn't be in the end, wouldn't be as uh, productive as letting me figure it out on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, those things buff, like I said, on, I think I posted the other day, you're one of a few marriages that I've been able to look up to because of longevity and, you know, being together so long, you know, so my friends inspire me. They pushed me to do more, you know, um, I've been fairly successful, nowhere near where I want to be in life. My friends pat me on my back when I do great, they kick me in my ass when I need to do better and they keep pushing me to do more. You know, it's now like, all right, you're making this, you've done this, you're good. And you don't need to strive for anything else. So, I, like I said, I really thank my friends, you know, um, as I get older and start meeting more people, I start, to, I realize I took a lot of things that I've had, such as you guys, for granted. You know, there's people out here that probably don't have more than one or two friends. You know, uh, they're getting married and they're trying to think about who's going to be their best man or who can they get to come to their wedding. You know, we had our, we had our wedding. Well, we didn't have a wedding. When we were planning our wedding, we decided not to have it because our guest list wouldn't have been too big. <laughs> it's like, man, this is huge. But, and I think most importantly to put a, a big bow on it, and I said my family, my friends, so I think about this one person who stands out because she's family and friends, my, my wife. Like, Zabrina by far is the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, similar to you, Riza, she pulled me out of a funk 10 years ago. Like, when I packed up everything and moved to Houston. I, I was running away from something. I don't know what it was. She was left in Houston. She was, I called myself leaving everything behind. And when I moved to Houston, I thought I was leaving her behind, but she was the one thing in my life that I was like, I cannot do without. Like, I need to find a way to get her here. And from the moment she got to Houston, she's been with me, had my back ever since, even before I got here. You know, it was something special about her. Uh, she pushes me to do more. She makes me want to be better. She's helped me get over my fears of, I was, anybody that knew me, I was anti-marriage. I'm like, this shit is for the birds. She taught me how to open up. She's taught me how to be more emotional or, and I guess, what was the word we're using? Affectionate. I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm definitely not there yet. Uh, I still cringe every, every once in a while with my water and my wife and daughter beating that out of me. And like I said, she's a friend. Like if you, if you come around us, like we can truly kick it. Like we have fun. You know, that that's where I, I see a lot of marriages. They can love each other. They can be good together, but they, they lack that, that, that passion, that, that ability to have fun and still just like, that's what I want. Yeah. And but so, at the same time, you can have fun together, but then you still have your interests outside of each other. Yeah, too. Yeah. And that, 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 that thin line is very hard to find. Yeah. Cause you know, she pushes like, I go out with the brother. There's certain things I do go on my guys trips and stuff like that because she knows I'm still a man. I need that. I need to get away and be able to have fun, talk shit, lie, whatever the case may be. So, uh, that, that's huge. You know? So once again, we, we've been together. We met 11 years ago. We've been together about 10 and a half years. Best decision I ever made, uh, probably against my better judgment, I guess to say, because on paper, everything told me not to waste my time with this young lady. And luckily I was dumb enough or smart enough to allow, not to listen to myself. So uh, I think that's about everything, you know, when I got sappy again, that's what two out of three episodes. That was a sappy question. So you should have known that was coming. Yeah. I didn't, think it was, yeah. But I didn't have an answer though. <laughs> but, but once, once you started, once you got going, 
I'm I'm telling you, going back to my therapist, that's what she do. She asks you one simple question. T- 20 minutes later, you crying. Somehow. I don't know how, but you, you just <laughs> crying in the room. I, it, bruh, I'm telling you, it's crazy. You know, with a therapist, I think I probably, I'll, I'll, I think I will fight it because I'll be in there trying to self-diagnose. She's like, tomorrow, shut up. Let me, let me help you. No, it, it's funny. Um, it, a lot of times they'll they'll let you self dying or and that's what Masaya did for me. I, I I don't want to talk for all therapists, but like she'll be like, and I'm like, I think it's this, and then she'll like, oh, okay, well, why? And then I'm like, well, I think it's this, and then she's like, well, why? And then so you just, and as long as you're still talking, she's good. She don't care if you self diagnosing and all that, and you just, it's so you all about, about an hour. Huh? Are you paying about an hour? <laughs> I don't pay her. The VA pay her. It don't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my bad. Who's up next, man? I think Rozzy got it this this week, right? Yeah, yeah, I can. Um, and so for me, y'all know Thanksgiving's coming, Black Friday's coming. Uh, so everybody's gonna go out and spend a whole bunch of money and everything, and then be stressing about it come December, January, how they gonna pay for it? So along these lines of therapy and talking through that, I I, I guess I can be a little bit heavier today stress is coming we know it holidays are very stressful finances are stressful tax time's coming in a little while um i talked about my therapy and everything like that but i wanted to ask you guys how do you deal with stress you guys talked about you don't really uh you know have a therapist right now or anything like that so what do you guys do to to deal with your stress and get it out and and keep going and stay sane wow you want to go and take a buff I think my answer kind of short, man. I um, okay. Well, I I, I talk I talk to different people, um, like maybe you guys or mostly Tabitha, and I uh, pray about it. But it depends on what I'm stressing about too. So if it's like a um, I don't know, say if it was like a a, a large bill or whatever, anything that's household related, I definitely will talk to her and. Um, you know, it's all about finding solutions because what I try to tell her, what I try to tell her, because she used to have a very stressful job as a um, daycare director, a child care director. And, you know, I just try to tell her and I try to take my own advice. I used to tell her, look, you know, just try to find a solution like dwelling on something is never going to solve it. So whatever you're stressing about, if you're just sitting there dwelling on it, stressing about it. That's not what's going to get you out of it. So, you know, after you have your moment, I mean, because we all need a moment too. I think we we need that moment to kind of like be like, man, how am I going to get out of this one? But after you have that moment, it's time to try to start finding solutions. And if you can't find it on your own, you know, talk to somebody who can help you uh, get through it. And like I say, prayer too, man. Um, I knock a lot of people sometime on social media, uh, especially whenever there's a mass shooting and they say, you know, uh, we're going to send out thoughts and prayers and it always seems so empty. But if you genuinely, you know, believe in that stuff and and pray about it, I think it can help and it's helpful. So those are the two two things that I try to do to deal with stress. But Fur got me thinking. You said next year you're going to seek out a therapist. So um, I may explore some other avenues. But so far it's worked for me, man. That's what's worked for me. Yeah. 
And and I, re- I remember you on a running kick for a little while. Did you think that helped or exercise in general or, or when you ran, uh, were you able to like think through things? Cause I know when I ran that, that used to be my time to kind of just think through it. And it, it was almost like, I don't know, like meditation while I was running. Yeah, I've heard that. Not for me, because I, I listen to a lot of trap music when I'm running. So, <laughs> ain't, ain't too much. Uh, ain't too much deep thinking when you got Jeezy going. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but I have heard that works as well. All right, what about you, man? Um, let me see. Well, uh, I agree with something Byron said. Uh, sometimes you got to let yourself. Like I try not to let myself wallow in anything too long. Right. Like uh, I think that's a strength of mine, and it could also probably be a you know weakness as well. As I just I I'm very solution oriented, and I'm a thinker, so I think through everything. And so a lot of times it I don't find myself in as many stressful situations because I try to avoid them before they get there. Uh, but there's things you can't avoid. You mean life, job, whatever the case may be. But I think through them and um, I, uh, back to my wife, she's, she's my, she's my sounding board. So there hasn't been a situation I've been faced with in the last call it 11 years that I haven't been able to, to bounce off of her. Even if she doesn't have the solution, she's been, I guess, somewhat of my therapist because she, she'll ask the right questions at the right time. And I think because I'm able to be honest with her, I'll do like you said in therapy. I'm like, but you know what? Actually, I think it's just this. Maybe I just need to get a new job, you know, or, you know, maybe this isn't for me. Like, and, the, and by the end of the day, I, I figured it out, you know, or I figured out something that works for me. Now, who knows? There could be a lot of stuff I've been pushing to the side and one day I just snap, who knows? But uh, I think just talking it out, being solution oriented, because I, I don't want to say that some people like to wallow in self pity or some people like to have that, that additional stress. It makes them feel alive. It makes them feel alive. I don't, I don't like, like, and I think that's when the bad part is my wife is going through things. I'm thinking of solutions, you know, I'm like, okay, well, let's just do this. Well, let's just do that. And, you know, sometimes they, they want to sit, sit, sit and, and be in those emotions, you know, because it's not a negative thing. You know, sometimes I think stress is good. Stress does make you feel alive. You know, uh, it reminds you that you're alive. You know, we had a little, 2018 was a very stressful year for us. So I I wrap myself around my family, my friends, other work. I think staying busy and putting that energy else, other, elsewhere and making sure the good outweighs the bad helps. Um, working out, you know, I'm not a big runner. I hate running. I hate running, especially with my bad back. But, you know, working out, staying in shape. Uh, one of my favorite pastimes, uh, <laughs> uh, this is a kid's show, so I'm not going to say that. But, uh, you know. You about to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Having have intimate time with the wife. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a stress reliever. You know, we it definitely. We, we, we definitely. Uh, I think we have a very healthy sex life and that helps, you know, it, you release endorphins. I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, you can just eat chocolate fur. 
or I could just have sex with my wife. <laughs> I can have chocolate anytime I want. So, you know, but um, I think that's it. But, you know, like I do want to explore other options because I've been fortunate enough to not have that that big blow up situation where I haven't been able to solve it myself. You know, uh, I think the closest time was around 2010, 2009, 2010, when I first got here and it was very stressful financially and stuff like that. Uh, and, uh, but once again, uh, Zabrina was there to, and my friends were there to bail me out and, and family was there. So I made it through, but definitely probably counseling with health at that time. So um, I think that's it, you know, talking through it, Staying busy, working out, and uh, plenty of bro. <laughs> you putting you to work to this this episode, right? I know that's only that's only time you gotta beat. That's only time you gotta beat me out, right? I, I think so. I, I think the other one was small. We can we can roll through it. So no, I, the, the, the funny thing is, a lot of what you guys are talking about is a lot of what my therapist was like. Hey, do these things. Uh, you you kind of made a joke about like having a. a, a active intimate uh or sex life with your wife uh, or spouse significant other whatever but that it, it does make a big difference um that definitely being able to talk having somebody to talk to uh it, it definitely you guys this right here has been the biggest boon for me truthfully being able to just get on this mic once a week and just throw stuff out there um so whatever my concerns so were um, you know, that that's huge to be able to get it out and be able to talk through it and talk about it. Uh, you'd be surprised at how much stuff you're just kind of pushing to the side. Like you talked about for just pushing to the side and maybe one day it'll blow up. The thing about it is it, I, I didn't know I was repressing or, or pushing to the side or, or dismissing or avoiding so many things until I got in therapy uh, and started like really talking through it and, and, and just kind of putting it pulling it out and I just stuffed it in the closet and you know how when you put blankets in the closet if you don't like fold them up you just kind of stuff them in there you can only get so many in there and it starts to like fall out and you open it up and it just all topples down on you that's that's how it feels um and what therapy was able to do and this is what she told me she was like my job is to help you just fold them up and put them back in there so that it don't topple out over on you when you open the door that's what it's about. It's not about getting rid of them or anything like that. It's being able to actually live through your experiences, what you're doing, what you're having, what you're what you're dealing with right now um, and not let it overwhelm you. So whatever it is, if it's exercise, if it's talking, if it's sex, if it's, you know, but make sure it's healthy, <laughs> you know, because it, it, it could end up being sex and you, uh, you know, you out on the corner. um, you know, try paying forty dollars every two days. <laughs> forty dollars. Forty dollars. Because like I think that with the forty dollars. <laughs> forty dollars. I really think it is the going rate. I'm just saying. I don't know, but until somebody tells me I'm, I'm wrong, I think that's what the forty dollars is. But wow. you know, when you when you talk about dealing with stress, man, it's it's so much. I had at one point, my therapist was like, make a list of people who care about you. And anytime you start feeling down, if you start feeling like, you know, you don't have anybody that cares or anything like that, 
just pull the list out and look at it. And that's helped. So anybody out there, if you guys are listening, if you're in that funk, if you are just feeling down, just man, know that people care and, and write, make a list. It, it, even if the list is only five people, those five people care, you know what I mean? And so then you can take that next step because stress in itself, like Ferg said, isn't bad. In sales, we did it all the time. I mean, I have to set goals. I have to set stretch goals. I have to give you time frames. I have to put that stress on you so that you go out and you sell. But when it starts to get to the point where you can't sleep at night, when you come home and you, you have anxiety, when you're scared to go into work in the morning, uh, your heart's racing because you got to go to work the next day, um, then you probably need to go talk to somebody. You need to, uh, you know, and get it out. It, and whether that's talking to a professional or is that if that's just talking to a friend, a family, um, go out and talk, holler at somebody and just get that off your chest. Uh, and, and like Ferg said, maybe it is the, the, I got it. It's time for me to find a new job, you know, and be solutions oriented and go ahead and remove yourself from the situation and go find your new job. We ain't saying go quit your job tomorrow, guys. Don't, don't just get up the next day. But what we're saying is have that plan. Um, I, I, it was funny. I was watching Steve Harvey and some of the, the advice he gives, I hate, but this was actually a good one. He was like, give yourself six months and say, if things aren't better in my job at six months, I'm going to go and find a new job and look for a new job. Instead of walking out on a job, you say, I'm actively looking for a job. And in the next six months, if I've, I haven't found anything, then I'll walk out on this job because what ends up happening is now you can handle all the stressful situations at the job a little bit better because you got that tunnel or that light at the end of the tunnel. You know, the six months I can last six months uh, while you're actively looking for a job so that you don't walk out and you don't have a job while you're trying to look for the next one. Uh, so little stuff like that, man, there's all kind of techniques out there. Uh, but my biggest one is just talk to somebody, uh, make sure that they are listening to you and guys, if you're the person that somebody's reaching out to, make sure you make time for them yes. is another thing. Because yeah. too often people would be seriously. like, yeah, yeah, take it seriously. Because too often we're like, oh, I'm too busy. Um, and I'm bad about that. You know, it's life's life's a problem for me. I got all kind of stuff going on. I don't have time to have this conversation with you. But if they need that 30 minutes, if they need that hour, give it to them. I mean, it, it could be sometimes that could be life or death. I mean, we've, we've had a lot of suicides happening, uh, especially in the military. You know, I, I look at all the suicide rates uh, in the military. And that's one of the things that we always talk about is being there for that person, identifying it. Um, and, and if they call you and say, I got to talk, then you need to be there to listen, uh, you know, and don't leave them. So, you know, walk them to where they need to go. Talk to them while you heading there. Or you sending somebody over if if they feel if you feel like it's that serious where they may end up taking their life. I don't know how we got on suicide awareness or prevention, but um, seriously, like you know, I told you this is how therapy works. You just start talking and it just starts coming out. Don't but, forget meditation too. Uh, meditation, is- yeah. It, I mean, both talked about prayer, but you know, prayer. And meditation are really synonymous in my eyes when I think about that. It's it's that time to clear your head, take it to a high power, lay it out and say, I'm not going to worry about that anymore. God's got it. Karma's got it. You know, society's got it. You know, whoever you're praying to, Allah has it. I mean, whoever you're praying to at that point, you just need to kind of lay that down, meditate, get your get all those stresses off of you. And say, okay, it's going to be better. So definitely, meditation helps a lot. 
right, so we've been keeping the show pretty uh, serious, and uh, I think it's been very inspiring and helpful. Uh, so allow me to make it, <laughs> allow me to make it ignorant, if I may. <laughs> so this is something uh, Tabitha and I actually uh, disagreed on. Oh Lord! So. Welcome to the No Sense segment. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, So there's a rapper named Tory Lanez, and for the record, I have never knowingly heard a Tory Lanez verse in my life. So I'm I'm Googling one of his songs because I'm definitely not a Tory Lanez fan that I know of. I I know him from, uh, so YouTube, they do these videos with Uber where you think you're getting like a Toyota Corolla picking you up, but it's really like a Lamborghini. And he was like one of the drivers in it. And you just get to see the uh, people reaction on riding in a Lamborghini or something. But I think on uh, it was on Joe Budden's show. He said that when it comes to dating, that he doesn't want, he doesn't date a woman that asks him for anything that she can't afford him herself. So, in other words, if he's dating a woman, he doesn't feel like she should ask him for a $10,000 bag if she can't afford it herself. And, you know, maybe I'm being a little ignorant, but I told Tyler, I said, I, I kind of get that. So, it's not a hill that I'm willing to die on. I am willing to be swayed on this. So, um, I wanted to get you guys' opinion on that, and then I'll give my take on why I... Kind of agree with it. So go ahead. Call me. Call me ignorant then. Because I wholeheartedly agree. One of my pet peeves is we put not even unrealistic, but certain expectations on people that we wouldn't step up to the plate for ourselves. So. If I had Tory Lane's money, I don't know how much how much he makes, but I guess a ten thousand dollar bag is uh, affordable for him or achievable for him. I'm not a, I'm not against getting you a ten thousand dollar bag. I'm against you expecting it. Like, who are you? Yeah. What have you done in your life that allows you to think that you are worthy? And even if you think you're worthy, know your self worth, women. I admit, I, I agree. Maybe we just we it's it's maybe we don't agree on the worth. You know, that's that's the thing. You know, the dollar's not really worth a dollar. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's debatable. The, 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 that stuff goes up and down. There's inflation, all kind of stuff. Like, hey, you you caught me on a day where your worth isn't worth ten thousand dollar bag. And not even saying your your worth isn't that, but if you can't afford it yourself, how do you exp- why do you expect me to get it for you? And that's on all things, you know, like I've, I've had this situation or conversation with women when it comes to wedding rings and all that stuff. Like, well, I want this ring. My man should buy me a $10,000 wedding ring or a $5,000 ring. First of all, you don't even got the man. Like, what the hell? Like, how you how you already coming up with this thing in your mind? Now, goals, expectations, wants, I get it. You know, you want to drive this. We all got dream cars and stuff like that. But that's our dream that we're getting for ourselves. Or we're working as a group to get, you know, like when my, when my wife get married, I want to have this house. Da, da, da. That's something you work for together. But just say, because we're dating or because I'm married, this is what my spouse is supposed to do. I always ask people, would you do um, 
for others what you expect them to do for you. Like, would you buy him? I bought you a ten thousand dollar bag, so go me buy me a ten thousand dollar watch. Exactly. If I bought you a ten thousand dollar ring, are you gonna spend ten thousand dollars and give me something? I say half of it. I used to joke like, would you do half of what you expect him to do? So if I bought you a ten thousand dollar ring, would you go give me a five thousand dollar watch? Well, that's different. How so? Well, that's you showing your love for me. Well, that's me. I want you to show your love for me, and. I'm pretty sure Tory Lanez in this situation ain't talking about love. He's just talking about the, the the regular chick. And, you know, I am not, I hope to get to the point where whatever my wife's desires are, I can get. You know, I don't, my wife can ask me for the world. Like, and if there's a way for me to get it, then I'm going to try. So I'm not saying don't have high expectations. You know, like, I guess expectations or wants or goals but don't get bent out of shape or think that you automatically deserve this. Or I guess for lack of better terms, that is your expectation. If you're with me, you need to do X. You need to buy X. If it's so important, why don't you get it yourself? Rise is going to vehemently disagree. But <laughs> I I am, I am, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to hold back. But I mean, he, no, not, he, not vehemently disagree. What, but what I, there is a such thing as he can afford, like you said, he can afford to a $10,000 bag and it not be a big deal to him. So you do have to think about that income level, what he's spending when he's, when I'm asking for a Christmas gift or I'm asking for a gift or something like that. Like he didn't get any, con- give any context to that comment when he says, but the women get context. ask me for it. The thing about it is if, if I know you're a millionaire, if I know that a $10,000 bag is a drop in the bucket for you and I say, hey, I want a bag while we're out or whatever, then, you know, as as a lady, as your lady, that's fine. It's up to him whether he says I'm going to get it for you or not. I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like she can ask. She can ask all she wants. He cannot give it to her. And then if she leaves, then she wants the one for you, bruh. But the thing about it is, I, I don't think you should be like, oh, if she asks, I'm out automatically. Um, you know, I, I joke with Jenica all the time. When I met Jenica, she was a homeless bum. <laughs> Literally, wow. she was staying. I mean, it, she was between semesters. She was staying on her sister's couch, didn't have a job. And so I mess with her a lot. I'm like, you were a homeless bum at the time. It's OK. But, you know, and so I couldn't be like, oh, well, if you can't get something for me, I'm not buying anything for you. You know what I mean? It was like, I, I got her gifts and I got her stuff because I could afford it when I knew she couldn't. We but we went Dutch different. on dates. But so, different. Did she ask you for it? Did she ask you for gifts or did you just get her gifts that you knew she would like? No, like for birthdays and stuff like that, for holidays, things like that, she would ask for gifts and she would say what she wanted. She asked for things that she couldn't afford? She was a homeless bum, Buff. She couldn't afford nothing. <laughs> and so my thing is, and so let me clarify on that then. So I understand what you're saying wholeheartedly. So when I met my wife, she was I was making more money than her as well. And it's not even about the ask. It's the expectation. I want her to have high standards. I don't want her to be, you know, the chick from the Kanye, you know, I flew a plane. Like, I don't want you to be that lost. Like, but at the same time, when it's a becomes a deal breaker for you, when we're not even seeing like when your expectations 
is it because he's Tory Lanez? Like, there's women out there, and somebody made a post about this the other day, where it's like, why are men even sliding my DMs? If they can't pay my bills, if they can't do this, 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 I don't need to be with them. Like, your expectation, you don't even, you don't have an interest in this yeah. man. It's what he can do for you. Yeah. yeah. And now so, that's so that's the issue. Like, and I want to clarify, my wife can afford anything I can afford because that's our money. Now, we make, yeah. we make, financial decisions together. So when it becomes like she wants to get something, she asks because she wants to make sure it's in our budget. Same thing I do is like, I'm asking like, you know, should we do this? Can we do this? How does this affect us? So I don't want to say like my wife has asked me for anything, but it took us to get to be married and stuff like that. But, you know, when I met Serena, she, she didn't have it like that either. And but she never was like, well, my man does this because I'm a broke, you know, we're in a broke college town. You know, you're making $60,000 in Tallahassee, you balling. And she wasn't like, well, you need to buy me red bottoms. You need to do this. When we go out, we need to go here. We need to go here. Like that turns me off mm-hmm. because are you missing out? Or are you dating me or are you dating my money? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like with, with me and Jessica, when we were dating, what we would do is like, I would pay for the nicer dates. And then what she do, she might cook or something like that. You know what I mean? She might yeah. do something like she, we we took turns on whose date it was. And so her dates were the cheaper dates. It might be, you know, something like, hey, we're going to Chuck E. Cheese or she might have the movie and that's it, you know, and then or she'll she'll like cook for dinner and then we'll go to a movie. Whereas me, I'm taking her where we're going to go to a restaurant where it's probably going to be a hundred, hundred twenty dollars that we spend for the restaurant. Yeah. So, so that's how we kind of played it. But it, it, so it is a little bit of Tory Lanez has to understand that he, that he's seen differently because he makes that money. Uh, he can't just be like, Oh, well, they, they shouldn't ask me for this. They should only be asking me for a hundred dollar gift when, that that's spending money. You you but, you blow that at the strip club on a random day. I, I get you, but then I just think that, about it. That's like, his money to blow. But the thing I, I got you until you said that, and I went back to my original point. It's like if you were dating Ferdinand Buffarazzi, would you ask for that same purse? Are you dating me or are you dating your money? Do your expectations change because of me? I'm the same person. My financial situation is different. Like if I took you on that hundred and twenty dollar date, are you upset? But we could have had the best conversation, all this stuff. But you wanted, you wanted a four hundred dollar drink. You want to buy the bottle of champagne that costs ten thousand dollars, like because I can afford it. Does that mean that that's what we have to do? Because I might not do that for myself. So yeah, you can want it and think you deserve it. But if our relationship is contingent upon me doing certain things because I can afford it. I have a problem with that because it goes back to the same. My original point was, would you do the same for me? If you make, if I make a million dollars and you make $50,000 on $50,000, what, what, what can, if I was a 50, if I was a man making $50,000, what, what kind of date could I afford? What's the max you would spend on a date at $50,000? Would you spend that on me? If it's a hundred dollar date, would you, would you take me on a hundred dollar date? That's your max. Your hundred thousand dollars is my $10,000. So, so a few things. A few things. Rosy, you and Jenica went on a date to Chuck E. Cheese. That was our first date. Actually, was Chuck E. Cheese. Don't <laughs> <Good> worry. <laughs> okay, just, I just had to. Uh, okay, yeah. so yeah, that was our first date. I, I appreciate you bringing that back in. 
<laughs> Y'all gonna get off of me and Jessica. Like, don't they sell beer at Chuck E. Cheese now or something? They do. They, they don't drink back then. They do. But no, what happened was it was it was if y'all just want to hear the story, um, Jenica has a niece, Jayla, that she hangs with all the time. And Jayla's about the same age as Haley. And so I had Haley at the time. Uh, and oh, so okay. we 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 talked about it and we were like, hey, we'll take them to Chuck E. Cheese. They can go play or whatever, do their thing. And then we can just, it's almost like a coffee date. We can actually talk, have a conversation or whatever, see if we want to be more than that or, or continue to date after that. So it was a kind of a safe date. And at the same time, um, I, but we just hit it off. I mean, it, it just is what it is. Coffee they turn into one of them Luke Cage coffee dates, huh? Yeah. Um, so, so a couple of things. A couple of things. One, um, I think it's it's definitely different if you're married. If you're married, uh, it's different because once you're married, you know your money is her money, her money is your money. You guys have money together, so she can pretty much ask ask for whatever she wants. And two, I think someone like Tory Lanez, who I guess is a celebrity, I think celebrities do have to be a little bit different and protect themselves. And maybe that isn't the rule, but I get it in the sense that you really have to make sure women are dating you, like Ferg said, for you and not for your money. And especially if you guys have been dating like three weeks or a month and all of a sudden she's like, hey, you mind if we go to Neiman Marcus and get this? Uh, I saw this cute three thousand dollar Louis bag that I want. Like, shorty, if you if you busting tables at Applebee's and you can't afford the Louis bag, what you asking me for? for? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, I I actually get that, and I'll just say this because a lot of ladies were were extremely upset, calling them all kind of names. I would say this: if a dude really likes you, he's gonna get you that stuff anyway. So if you dating a guy with money. And he never, you know, sh- expresses any type of, uh, I guess, monetary affection, we can call it, by getting you gifts and stuff like that. Then, you know, you make that decision on if you want to stay in that relationship or move on. But the gifts will, will come the longer you date. So you shouldn't have to ask for such an extravagant gift. And I, I, I got to come back to Ferg again, too. Like, why are you asking for that type of gift? Like, yeah, he's rich, but that's still like... Not all rich people like blowing their money. Rich people still, they, I mean, one of the reasons they like like to host these award shows is because of the swag bag they get with all this free stuff in it. Rich people like free stuff. They like saving their money a lot of times. Yeah. So yeah. they don't necessarily want to buy Gucci and Louis all the time. So, you know, maybe if you're dating Floyd Mayweather, you can ask that. But other than that, I can see a lot of celebrities having it. And the last thing I want to say on this, which is kind of off topic, but we got to stop getting angry at people for their preferences. So I know like a lot of dark skinned women, they get upset when a guy says, you know, I, I like light skinned women. I like, I like yellow girls. Now he's not even putting down dark skinned women. He's just saying, that's what I like. That's what I prefer. They get upset, but at the same time, they'll get on the post and say, I don't want no man under six feet. I don't want no short man. <laughs> so why is it okay for you to have that preference, but that man can't have his preference? I think you can have your preference as long as you're not putting down everyone else. So if you're saying, I think only light-skinned women are pretty, dark-skinned women are just, you know, ugly to me, then that's that's a different thing. But I don't think we should be tearing each other apart for their preference. If that's their, if that's their preference, that's their preference. And 
Tabitha disagreed with the Tory Lanez thing and that she was like, well, how's that any different than, you know, when I tell you what I want for Christmas or something like that? I'm like, well, A, we're married. And B, you're not, you never ask me for anything that's like four figures or more. So I kind of agree with Tory Lanez. But even if you didn't get it, like think about it, it's your choice to get it or not. Yeah. Uh, that's my thing. When it's contingent, when your relationship is contingent, even if I come forward, even if we're married and you want this Louis bag and I don't get you this Louis bag and you want to get a divorce over that or you make my life hell over that, we got bigger problems. Right. You yeah. know, that that's my thing. It's like... Imagine the, her explaining that. Girl, he wouldn't give me a Gucci bag. I had to leave. <laughs> exactly. So $3,000, $4,000 bag and you, you might have been in it for the wrong night. If I never do anything nice for you and your your love language is uh, what gifts or whatever the case may be, then your gifts have to also be within reason. Like, it can't be, well, my love language is gifts, and so I want a $3,000 bag, a Louis bag every quarter. It's like, we don't live that $3,000 Louis bag life. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, is it me showing that I care about you by is it all about what you want or me showing you how I feel about you based off of what I what I feel is an expression of my love? So I think that's what it is. Is like if it's a ten thousand dollar Louis bag or it's a freaking I get get your heart pendant that was passed down from my great great grandmother that I didn't have to spend a, a dime for. But this means a lot to me. Does that three thousand dollar Louis bag show you that I love you more. Or this is something that, you know, only four women in my family have had and I'm giving you the fifth. Like and, and with celebrities that they they do have to worry about gold diggers and and the girls chasing the clout and chasing the celebrity and everything else. Exactly. So I, I can I, I agree with Tori in his situation saying she shouldn't be asking me for it. Uh, my thing is, there's a difference of him saying, oh, I'm not going to get it for it at all. Or if she asked me for it for Christmas, because that's what she really wants for Christmas. She knows I can't afford it. And she that's what she wants for Christmas. And, Whether you get it or not is on you. And where I would meet Tabitha at now, I, I told her now, if Tori asked a woman that he's dating, hey, Christmas coming up, Valentine's Day coming up, your birthday coming up, whatever, what would you like? <clears throat> if he asked, and that's her answer, then I know that sounds like it's it's the same thing, but I think that's a little different if he prompts. My thing is what turn what makes me flaccid is when a woman <laughs> without prompt just says, Hey, I want this bag or these shoes. I want some Christian Louboutins. So that that's what I don't like. But if so, I ask you, if I ask you and you know, you say something, I I'll say, Well, whoa, you know. I don't know if I can get you that. Is there anything else you want? Or I'll say, okay, all right, we'll, we'll, I'll see yeah. about getting that for you. I think it's circumstantial. So, like, it's it's one of those things, like, if, like me, uh, I like to shop every once in a while. I like nice clothes. I like fashion. So, every once in a while, I'll go buy, like, I might go buy me some suits or something like that. I'm spending money. I budgeted for it. Be like, you know what? I just spent some money. What's that, a flex? He said suits with an S rising. Yes, suits. (laughs) Because I won't go all the time. So when I go, I'm going to go. But at the time, you know, like, you know what? You know, my wife, my wife hasn't asked for anything lately that I have, you know, I'm spending all this money on me. I feel kind of selfish. And maybe that's just a guilt trip. Like, okay, I spent this. I can go spend an extra, you know, and I don't feel that guilt. Like, 
she deserves. You know, my wife doesn't ask for a lot of stuff. She deserves great things. I would give her the world if I could, um, but she deserves it. You know, it's just once again, when that expectation is like, oh, you can't go shopping. You ain't buy me nothing. Like, well, I work hard and I think I deserve it. I might not buy myself anything for six months. So I feel like I deserve this. Let me make the decision when it comes by. You can go buy what you want to buy. Now we have an issue or you want to cause an issue either way. We can deal with that. But, you know, I don't say anything when you, you know, every two days I see a freaking Amazon box at our house, you know. It's, you get that too? Oh yeah, but I don't. I have no. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna see how much I spend on Amazon in a year, and uh, figure out what it really is. Because I might have ordered five things from Amazon this year, and I guarantee we've had 50, 60 boxes at my, if Am- not more. Amazon, Amazon Fashion Nova, Fashion Nova, Fashion Nova ASOS. Um, waiting on Jim, Jennifer Kimberly to go online, but that's that's what's up. That was actually a good question, Byron, because I've had that conversation many times, and I know we're going to catch a lot of flack from this one. Oh, yeah. Listen, I'm always open to have my mind changed. So, ladies, if we're completely wrong, please correct us on our Facebook page, IG page, whatever. Hit us up. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I'm gonna throw it out there. When I was I, I was joking with Jenica when I called her a homeless bum. That that it's an inside joke between Oh man, that, that's so I read it. I read your face. You still getting that <laughs> slap to the head, bro. Yeah. So I'm a homeless bum, huh? He meant it, Jenica. He meant it. Yep. yep. <laughs> she knows the joke. <laughs> All right, fellas. Uh as usual, I had a blast. I can't wait to get up with you guys. It's what three, four days, and we'll all be together and get to have some fun. So uh, this is the prelude to uh, our, 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 I guess, our live show next week or this week now. Mm-hmm. So, anything you guys want to leave the people with? Okay, I'll go. Um, gluttony day, as Ferg mentioned, is upon us, and every gluttony day on social media, people like to pass around these memes, like which one got to go for Thanksgiving meal. And it's usually like mac and cheese, collard greens, the turkey or the yams. And listen, I think everybody should be allowed to freely pick their choice. You know, I mentioned how people should have their preference, but anybody that picks mac and cheese as the one that got to go, you're they got to go. And I'm reporting you to the feds. And that's just no, that's no other way about it. Do not pick mac and cheese on those posts. Yeah, that's just that's just sacrilege to take mac and cheese off. Yeah. They can keep the turkey if it really come down to it for me. I like ham. I don't, I don't even. I don't need that draw behind oh, turkey. You you partake in the swine. I, I do. I do. I do. <laughs> you give me a fried turkey or a barbecue turkey. I'm good. Or a yeah. smoked turkey. Yeah, the fried turkey. Those. Fried turkey ain't dry, man. That's what I'm saying. I'm taking all that. You can have the. I don't even do oven baked turkey anymore. Yeah, maybe, so. maybe maybe that's it. Like because we always cook the ham because we like the ham here, so we can oh, keep the it. swine. Yeah, yeah. So the honey baked somebody swine. else is bringing the uh, turkey. So I don't know what I don't know if they frying it, baking it, whatever. So well, Maggie frying two turkeys uh, Thursday. Oh, that's what's up. I'm all I about that. Life, I'm so excited for my mama cooking. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so for Black Friday, uh, it. Let's uh, drop a little hint for our wives. Uh, what do y'all want for um, Christmas, just in case they want to go out for Black Friday and get it for you? I don't know, dude. I'm one of those Other people. than a Birkin bag or whatever that $10,000 bag is. Y'all don't <laughs> want one of those? 
some four hundred dollar Creed cologne. <laughs> Dude, I'm the hardest person to shop for because my wife asks every birthday, every anniversary. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not good at accepting gifts. Like I'm just. I don't that's, know. I've never that, been that That's first. what makes it so hard for her to get something for you. That's why I know. You She's like, what do you want? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. That sucks. That sucks. Well, what Tab and I have, we actually were going to start like not getting each other gifts starting this Christmas and just like letting our gift be something for the house that we need. But if you feel like being generous, uh, Tabitha, you can visit ctshirts.com and um, they have some nice suits. Charles Tier. I like their suits. I like their shirts. I like their shoes. So, you know, whatever you think I'm worth. You got some uh, custom suits or? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they, I don't have a Charles Terry suit yet. And they have some very nice stuff. I like their shirts and stuff. So again, tab, that website is C like cat, T like Tom, shirts.com. You can visit that and, uh, you know, hook your husband up. Nice. For me, uh, it's about the same. We uh, we usually don't do gifts on Christmas, but uh, there is a new Star Wars uh, video game out that just dropped. So, <laughs> you know, uh, I can either get it for myself or, you know, you can get it and say, hey, I got you a gift. Either way, it works for me. But it's still getting in the house somehow in the near future. <laughs> hey, that's what's funny. I actually mentioned that because my job uh, after Christmas, like around Christmas, we don't go back to work until like the fifth. Like they pretty much, our office is closed. So I think from the 23rd until the fifth or whatever, our ain't nothing to do. So now that I have the PS4, I'm going to go ahead and grab that Star Wars, Star Wars game uh, either way. So if you guys see any good Black Friday deals, let me know. We'll be together Black Friday. So uh I don't I don't know if it's still going on, but Cole Hahn um had a fifty percent off sale online. So check that oh. out if it's see if it's still going on. Yeah, I, I need some double monk, so I, that might be the play. I like if she wants to give anything, it's clothes. Give me a nice a, a nice suit, some nice tailored shirts, some nice shoes. My wife knows I'm all about clothes. I'm actually trying to learn how to dress down because I'll be trying to go out and I really don't have like I really probably just bought my first pair of real tennis shoes two or three years ago. All my stuff was from Aldo and crap like that. So, <laughs> you know, okay. so, so uh, yeah, man, I've been we've been rambling. So I really got nothing for the people. We'll see you next week or this week. And I hope you enjoy the show. Three Brothers No Sense. We out. <laughs>